Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. I hope that uh, uh, you have had a great week and uh, it's a big welcome to anybody that's just here for the first time if you don't come to church very often. So glad that you are here today. Uh, my week it started off, it was okay, to be honest. Um, I, I kind of had a little bit of a, a sore leg at the start of the week. I'll tell you why. Recently, I started playing basketball again. And I haven't done this for about 10 years. And I discovered that I actually have a condition. It's called being 37. And does anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody? You see that hand? Yeah, over there. Okay. So, so... Uh, this, this thing, it's not necessarily debilitating, but it has an impact if you don't treat it well. So here's what I did. I haven't played anything for 10 years, and I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to go for this. I'm, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to run. Now, that was a big mistake. And so what happened is I played the first game, and, and you know, my, the back of my leg, my, my hamstrings were kind of sore, kind of tight. And then I thought, like a real man, let's ignore that. So I did. I played a second game. And, and that was sore the second week. And, and again, because I'm a real man, I ignored that too. So then on the third week, uh, it was sore. And then the following day, I basically couldn't walk. And I thought, this is it. I need to go see someone. So I went and saw a physio. And I, I said, listen, here's the problem. I think it's my hamstring. Like, what do I do about this? Now, I'll tell you the solution that he gave to me, because this is where it gets a little bit strange. He, he said, you need to get a, a, a spiky ball, right? And it's, it's this little ball. It's got bumps all over it. And you need, to, you need to sort of sit on this, okay? Now, this is where it gets weird because my hamstrings are sore, right? But he says, but you need to like sit on this ball. So it's, I don't completely sit on it. It's only my right cheek, okay? And then, and this is where it gets strange, I have to sit on it on a weird angle and kind of like roll around on it. Okay, it's a lot of rotation that's happening here. And I'll tell you, I feel like I look dumb. And, and I'm, sure it looks, I'm sure it's great for my family uh, to watch, right? But I have to roll around in it. Now, this is strange because I'm treating this. I feel like I'm treating my butt. But actually, they tell me it's going to fix my leg. And the reason is, is because all the muscles that are in the back of my leg, they go all the way up and they join together at this place in, in, your, in your butt, right, right here on the side. And they tell me that the reason that it hurts here is because it's connected back here. And if I treat this area well, it's going to relieve the tension somewhere else. Can I tell you how true that is in life? Sometimes we have tension in one area of our life, but that's not the problem. It's because there's a problem somewhere else. And if you don't deal with where the tension really is, then your life is not going to get better. We have to deal sometimes with the cause of the issue so that right now we can live the kind of life that we want to live. And so this morning, I wanted to preach a message to you called, How You Growing? I'm going to read to you out of Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. It says this, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. So that word there that says trust, I really feel like you could swap that out with another word. Not that, you know, they would let me rewrite the Bible. No one has given me permission to do that. But 
but you could almost swap that out with the word faith. Because really, your faith is the degree to which you trust God. Amen? So how much do you trust God? That would be the limit of your faith. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. So now, today we read this scripture, and when it says heart, you know what that means. It, it is the uh, muscle that pumps blood all around your body. But back then, they didn't understand this. So when Hebrew people write the word heart, they really believed that it was the muscle that changed everything for you in terms of your physical or emotional or intellectual life. So this was an this is an organ that completely directs your life, which is why so often the Hebrews would talk about your heart, because if you can get your heart in the right place, the rest of your body will follow. So it says you got to get that thing right and don't lean on your own understanding. You know, that makes sense, but I think it's so easy for you to lean on your own understanding. Every time you have a situation that demands the attention of God, but instead of praying about it, you just try to do it on your own, that's when you lean on your own understanding. You haven't got God's perspective on it. You just do what you think feels best. And that's what we call self-reliance. The Bible says, hey, come on, let's not do this. It says, in all of your ways. How many of your ways? How many of your ways? Okay, so all of your ways, that's pretty encompassing. It says, acknowledge Him, which is to know with certainty who He is and what He can do. And it says, following that, that He will make straight your paths. He's going to make them straight. He doesn't say where that path will lead, by the way. It just said you'd go straight there. You know, like sometimes you're like, make the straight, my path straight. That's, that's great. Unless it leads you straight to your next challenge until it leads you straight to your next problem. But he said, I'll make it straight. So you won't have to go everywhere. I'm going to lead you directly where I want you to be. And then it says, be not wise in your own eyes. Do these two things. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. And if you fear the Lord and you turn away from evil, this is what it will be. It will be healing to your flesh. That word healing there, it means in your life that you are right at all levels of your inner being. So you are a physical, you are a triune being. I don't know if you are aware of that. So you are body, soul, and spirit. And it says that at all levels of your inner and outer being, you will be right. It says it'll be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. It doesn't matter where you start in life. It does matter where you finish. It doesn't matter where you start. It matters where you finish. If it mattered where you started, none of us would join the gym. None of us would. Because if it really mattered to you where you started, you would not even try. It matters where you finish. You actually go to the gym because you believe in some way that you can improve what's already there. Any hands? Anybody? Yeah, okay. So you want to be able to improve. You want to be able to develop. You want to be able to grow in some way, grow your muscles and lose some fat or something like that. But you need to be able to change what's there. Otherwise, you'd never start in the first place. Some of us have started at great places in life. Like some of us have started in places where you grew up, you had great relationship with your parents, your family didn't financially struggle, you went to a great school, you had great friends. You, maybe some of you were in church from an early age and you knew who God was and that's directed parts of your life. And because of that, you've started in a good place. But for others of us, we've started in difficult places. That life has been a challenge. 
You've had to fight for everything that you get. You didn't have a great relationship with your parents. You didn't come from money. School was difficult. You've had to fight for every job that you get and you have clawed your way through life circumstances to be where you are. But whether you've started easy or whether you've started difficult, it doesn't matter where you start. It matters where you finish. There's got to be some development that you're able to do because I don't believe that, you know, wherever you start, I don't believe God wants you to stay there. He doesn't want you to stay where you started. And so if He doesn't want you to stay where you start, then you need to do something that we call grow. Did you, did you know, church, this morning that God wants you to grow? Five of you? Really? Did you know that? God wants you to grow? That He doesn't want you to stay exactly the same way that you are? Let me ask you a question this morning. How are you growing? How are you growing? Is it happening? I'll ask you another question. Do you know more about what the Word of God says now than you did like three years ago? Do you know more about the Word now? Or did you just come to a place where you haven't grown or developed in your understanding of any of this stuff? You come to church every week, you listen to a message, you're great at downloading podcasts, but when it comes to what you really know or what you understand, your personal growth hasn't actually happened when it comes to the Scriptures. Or, or how about this? Are you able to hear God better now than you were able to hear Him three years, four years, five years ago? Are you closer now than when you first started? Are you closer to God? Can you hear Him better? You know, or how, how about this? Do you trust God more now than you did back then, whenever that was. You know, it's kind of crazy because some people, the longer that they go in life, the less they trust God because they've started to accumulate some experiences that has taught them not to believe everything they heard when they first made a decision to follow Jesus. Isn't that kind of crazy how you can follow God for longer and then trust Him less as you go? It's like for sometimes we begin with, sometimes, sometimes, not always, but sometimes we would begin with trust, but then our circumstances begin to talk us out of it. I think that that word trust and faith are almost interchangeable. And I think it would be a universally understood principle that every relationship that you have, it moves at the speed of trust. Did you know that? That every relationship you have, it moves at the speed of trust? So let's, let's put it this way. You're in a small group setting and they say, come on, everybody. We're going to share this morning or we're going we're to share tonight. Like, why don't you tell us how your week is going and some really deep stuff has happened in your life and you're thinking, well, how deep do I go? Well, I'll tell you how deep you will go. You will go as deep as the person you trust the least in the room. That's how deep you'll go because you won't share beyond the level to which you trust a certain person. It's the same with relationships. You want to get married. No one's getting married unless they fully trust the person that they're committing the rest of their lives to. That marriage or that relationship will move at the speed of trust. Can I tell you exactly the same thing happens with God? You got to know that God is going to ask you at different points in your life to do something and you will step out to do that depending on how much you trust God. And so there are all these areas that we can trust God in our lives or potential areas that we can. 
And you know, there, there are probably, I would say, maybe, maybe five key areas that especially, you know, Christian people would struggle to trust God in. Five key areas. Let me take you through them one by one. Let's see if any of this resonates with you. Number one, right? Well, let's start at the end. Let's start at number five. Ministry. Do you fully trust God with whatever he's asked you to do? Because for some of you, you understand right now that God has called you to do things and you're not presently walking in them. And so you know that there's more in you than what anyone else has presently seen yet. Yeah? You know that there is a, a, a greater ministry in you and right now you're serving in one way, but do people really see what God has placed in you? Do you trust Him enough to allow Him to align all of the circumstances at that exact moment so that whatever God has put in you can begin to be drawn out of you? Or are you panicking and worried that time is ticking and you're missing out on opportunity? And will anyone ever really see what God has asked you to really do? And are you able to fully trust Him that at the right moment, you'll have the platform for whatever it is that God has called you to do? Will you fully trust Him with your ministry? How about this? Do you fully trust God with all of your relationships? Number four, people struggle to trust God with their relationships. Let me give you an example. There are people, some of you might be here today and you're single and you don't want to be. And that's okay. And so the longer that you are single, the more you start to think, God, is this going to change? Like how long will it be before my circumstance will change and I will meet the one, there's no one, the one, Okay, how long will it be before I meet that right person? I mean, this is weighing heavy on my heart. I pray to you about it every day. How long will I have to wait for you to answer this prayer? I'm worried, right? You don't want to get too worried when it comes to this area because you might make a decision that you regret by moving ahead of God's timing. How many of us know that when we trust God, we got to also wait for His timing? Amen? So do you trust God with your relationships? Do you trust God in that area of your life? Do you trust God with your career? I mean, do you really trust Him with your career? You know, just like, it come, like in ministry, that you have the capacity to do so much more than your boss is letting you do. You have vision for what you'd really like to do in life. The only problem is, is that nothing that you're presently doing is line up with where you see yourself. Do you trust Him with your career? Will my boss ever notice that I actually have more skills? Right now, they've just got me doing these boring jobs and I'm, I'm, I'm worth so much more than that. I can do better than that. When, when will they, I wonder when they'll pay me what I'm really worth to this company. Why don't they see what I'm able to do? God, when will I get to that place that we call there? You know, there can look like a lot of different things to different people. Sometimes there is simply a magical number for your income. And, and, and if you reach there, that's when you know you've made it. You're successful. You got the corner office. I mean, people have different ideas of what success looks like. But can you really trust God that if you wait on Him and you do everything you're supposed to do, that He'll actually get you there? How about this? Let me move to the second one. Do you trust God with your kids? Some of you don't even have kids. You're going to get this when you eventually decide to have children. But for some of us, we have older kids. Some people have older kids and they're worried because their kids have begun to grow away from God. 
And so they're praying for them. God, don't let my children go far from you. Don't let them, let, let them turn back to you. And so people get worried about what their adult kids are doing in life. And if you have young kids, sometimes you just see stuff and you're like, oh, where are they going to end up in life? I hope that they go in the right direction. God, we trust you with your kids. Here's the crazy part. You know, statistically, people trust God with their kids more than they trust God in this number one area. You know what it is? It's your money. Isn't that weird? It's like you would trust God with your kids, but not with your money. You know, it's like you come into church and you hear messages about how we need to trust God with our money. Can I just, let me, let me just park this for a minute. I hope that you're not in church waiting for the one little two minute message that's going to change your life and make you decide that you really can trust God now. We don't actually have that little two minute message at that point in the service so that we can convince you that this time you really can trust God. I hope you're not waiting for the, for the right little two minute message that says, you know what, this week I'm, I'm really going to do that. No, 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 that's not why that's there. Can you imagine being a new person? Maybe you are new today and you come into church. Suddenly if someone's passing out a, 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 a bucket and they're taking out money. It's like, whoa, I didn't know this was going to happen today. I mean, do I have to pay for this show or what, what's going on, right? Like, this is weird for people. So, so what do we do? Well, we like to explain what we're doing. Because when we give, that's an opportunity for us to trust God with our resource, with our wealth. And so we like to explain to everyone the reason why we're doing this is number one, it's biblical, right? It's biblical to be generous and to extend the kingdom of God. So we want to explain that. We want everyone to know what we're doing and who should do it and who should not do it. That's why we explain it, right? And, and, and we talk about this every week at some point in the service so it makes sense to people. But this is Strange that even though we talk about this all the time, this is the number one thing that people struggle to trust God with. And each one of these areas that I'm talking about today, they all have potential. Your ministry has potential. Relationships have potential. Your career's got potential. Your kids have got potential. What you invest into, that has potential. But did you know that for every potential, every faith potential has a fear waiting? Do you get that? Every faith potential has a fear waiting. Something that speaks to you and says, don't risk this. There's a voice of fear that speaks so easily to people, especially when it comes to their faith potential. Don't take that risk. Don't step out in faith. Let, 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 me, let me tell you what it sounds like. Some of you are going to be like, I hear this voice all of the time. What if you said, God, if I step out, what if he doesn't step in? What if I pray for somebody to be healed, but then God doesn't heal them? I'm going to look like an idiot. What if I say that I'm willing to lead, but nobody decides to follow? What if I decide to start a business, but nobody decides to employ me as, as their supplier? Like, What happens if I step out in faith and God doesn't step in? There's always a fear waiting for every faith possibility. And the reason why I share all of this is because fear robs you of your spiritual growth. It robs you of spiritual growth. There's potential, there's opportunity, but with enough fear, you'll never know what it is. You'll never experience it. In fact, I would go so far as to say that fear robs you of almost all growth. 
Because you're, if you're too afraid to ever step out, you'll never learn what you would have had you engaged in that faith step, had you engaged in that experience. You can theorize what it's like to run a business and then you can actually run one and learn. I'll tell you something right now. You're going to learn so much more from running a business than if you just theorize what it would look like if you actually started that thing that God told you to. See, for every faith step, there's still a fear waiting. And I think that fear is one of the greatest enemies of trust. It sounds like, what if God doesn't show up? So here's something that you should know about trust. Trust is slow to get, but it's quick to lose. You knew that though, didn't you? Did any of you know that? Did you know that? You already knew that, didn't you? You knew that trust is slow to get, but it can be so quick to lose. So that part I think you knew. But I don't know if you knew this next part, that some of you lose trust so much more easily than others. We don't always lose trust at the same speed. Isn't that kind of funny how some people can have a, a, a negative experience and they can just punch right on through it and just keep going and keep trusting and keep believing? And other people can have a tough experience and they say, that's it, I'm ready to quit. I'm ready to walk away. Some of you have taken great faith risks for God. But it didn't work out. And because it didn't work out, you tried to learn something from your experience. The only problem is you learn a lesson that God was never trying to teach you. If you learn from a negative experience that you can't trust God, I don't think, come on now, come on. I don't think that's a lesson that God was trying to teach you. I don't think that your negative experience in whatever you trusted God in, I don't think the lesson that God wants you to learn from that is that you can't trust Him anymore. You really think that's the lesson that He's trying to teach you? What if... If you have present doubts about where you are, you currently, you've presently, you feel a tension in your life. I wonder if with your present doubts, you might trace that back to a past failure. And the reason you have tension right now is because there was a moment where you trusted God and it didn't work out. And so now you're just not willing to do it again. That's why you feel tension. You want to trust Him, but you don't know if you can. You want to step out, but you have this thing called a memory. And you remember what happened the last time you decided to step out. And so your memory kicks in and it says to you, wait a minute, don't you remember the lesson we learned from last time? That you can't always trust everything that God does. Some of you, some of you have had terrible ministry experiences. And it was something that God put in you and you stepped out in faith and it didn't work out the way you wanted it to. And whether it was God, whether it was not, whatever it was, you've said, I am done. I'm done. I'm not doing this again. I'm not stepping out again. I remember how that worked out. I remember the feeling that I had the last time. It felt like God let me down and I'm not willing to go through that same experience again. And so here's what you can do. Do you know this can happen to you? You're a Christian person and you're older than you were when it happened. You're older than you were then. 
You've been a Christian for longer, but you're not necessarily wiser because you can't get wiser from learning the wrong lesson. You get, you get wiser from learning the right lesson. And if bad experiences have taught you that you can't trust God anymore, I submit to you this morning, you learned the wrong lesson. That's never what God was trying to teach you about the experience that you had. Can I just get real real for a minute? Can I tell you something, right? Because sometimes the truth is people step out in faith only to discover that it didn't work out. There's a possible, it's possible there are a couple reasons for that. One of the reasons why it didn't work out is that the truth is you just heard wrong. And that's okay. It's got to be okay. How can you grow unless you take a risk and occasionally discover that wasn't Him? But you know what happens? It's easy for pride to kick in. And it's more likely that God was wrong. Wait, why did God go back on His Word? Come on now. Is it more likely that God has gone back on His Word or that you just heard wrong? Could what's happening in your life be the first moment in time and history that God has ever got it wrong? Or is it more likely that you just took a risk and it didn't work out and you were meant to learn something from that? Maybe the lesson that you were meant to learn is how to hear His voice. Unless you're willing to learn that lesson, you're going to keep saying it was God. If you keep saying it's God, how can you get close to someone that you don't trust? And you see, this starts to have an overflow effect in different areas of your life. Boy, you are so quiet this morning, church. If you can't trust God because things didn't work out, because God didn't do what you said that you wanted Him to do, or you made some big faith statement and it just didn't happen, that's, that's not an issue with God. That's, that's an issue with you. That's something that's going on in you. What you're really coming to this place of understanding is you're saying, God, I realize now that you won't do everything that I say. Yeah, that's, that's how relationships work, everybody. Can you imagine if my relationship with my wife was like that? Husband, can you trust Sarah? Yes. Why? She's obedient. That... That is how I know I can trust her. I know I can trust my wife. How do you know? She does everything I tell her to do. That's why we have trust. Well, shock horror, that's not our marriage. That's not how that thing works. You, you, you know, I want you to know something that I fully trust my wife and then she does things that sometimes I don't want her to do. And why does that not break my trust? Because I realize that what I'm entrusting to her is not every request I make, but that she'll make the right decision for our family when we need it. Can I tell you that works the same way with God? He doesn't just follow your list of questions and requests and say, I'll give you everything you ask for. He is not the genie in a bottle. That's not how that works. You know what he really is going to do? He's going to make the right decision for your life. And occasionally the right decision for your life will be a straight path directly into your next challenge. And that's when you realize, oh, he's making his own decisions here without my approval. What is going on? It's because he's God and you're not. And I know it seems kind of obvious, but it would, you would do well to remember that from time to time. 
that occasionally he's going to make a better decision than the one that you wanted him to make. See, it may not always work out for you, but it still may work out for the best. There's a story in the Bible. I love this story. It's about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And in the story, there is a king, King Nebuchadnezzar. And, and these guys, these three guys, they worship the God that we serve. And so King Nebuchadnezzar says, hey, you have to bow down and worship this, this idol, essentially. And, and they say, hey, we're not going to worry about this. You know, we really believe that God can deliver us out of your hands. That's good faith. Amen. Come on. He's the king. He can do what he wants, right? So that's good faith, yeah? But then listen to what they say next. They say, but even if he doesn't, we're still not bowing down. Now that's great faith. That's like the next level. We're trusting him, but not just with the outcome we want. We're trusting him with the outcome that he wants. Yeah? See, this is when your relationship with God will really begin to work out because now it's not just a monologue, it's a dialogue. There are things that are working back and forth and you're beginning to trust Him in areas when He's doing what you don't want Him to do. And let me tell you what will happen to your faith if you don't form trust because of what He's doing and if He only does what you want. Let me tell you what will happen to you. You will become what we call a Christian atheist. Christian atheists believe that God exists. They just don't live like He does. The belief system in God is real. But there is nothing in their life that would tell you that they have released that trust to Him to be God. So what do they do? Well, they have to begin to control every little detail. Now listen, if you need to control every little detail, there's a reason for that. And it's probably because you don't trust God enough to allow Him to do whatever He's going to do. So you've got to control everything. Can I tell you something about that kind of living? It's exhausting. Worrying about everything as if you can't trust God. It's exhausting. It's tiring. And, and I can tell you, we, you, you've got to come to a place where you realize you can't actually do everything. I mean, if the gospel has taught us something, it is that we can't do everything on our own. You've got to know that there are a myriad of things that are happening in your life right now of which you cannot control any of them. I think control in your life is a total illusion because you think that you're managing everything, but something can come from the side and shift everything and you've got no control over it. So rather than trying to grasp for control over things of which you have no authority, you might be able to make a better decision, which is to lean into God. Trust Him with all of your heart and don't lean on all of your ability to control everything, but lean on His ability to. Let me, let me explain it to you another way. Can I grab that chair for a sec? This might be helpful. I've never seen anyone get such a cheer for moving a chair. If I look at this chair, this is going to be so helpful for you. You'd be so glad you came to church today to discover about how a chair has been constructed and built. First of all, I want you to know that I believe in this chair. I believe in it. I can feel it. So I believe in it. More to the point, I understand the purpose for which it exists. I understand what it exists for. This chair, if used correctly, 
will bring, bring rest to my weary legs. I understand how it works. I can check out the structure of this chair. I can test the durability of it. There are some bolts underneath here. There is good welding that's happened. I can tell you everything about this chair. If I was to sit in this chair, oh man, I would feel rested, right? And this is what can easily happen to people. We could become experts on theoretically what's true with God. Theoretically, I understand that He provides rest for me, but I tell you something, you're never going to experience that rest until you decide to put all of your weight on it. Now this is comfortable. Now this is really comfortable. I'm just going to preach from here from now on. Every, I want to chair every week because this is good. My legs aren't tired. You know, I'm feeling pretty comfortable, right? But I can talk about that comfort now because finally I've put all of my weight onto this chair. I can talk about it. See, you can theoretically talk about what happens when you trust God. Oh, and He's great and He can bring peace into your life. But until you roll all of your weight onto Him, you won't experience the reality of what that feels like. You can tell people that you can rest in God and it's okay. But until you make a decision to trust Him with the things that are outside of your control, you will never experience the rest that He provides. And so what we see is people worrying excessively over things that are out of their control and at the same time saying that you can rest in God but never experiencing that rest because they're still doing all the legwork. They're still doing all the standing. Rest in God is a theoretical principle and if you were able to master it, it would be so good for you. Do you wanna know how to master it? Just trust Him with everything. And as soon as you start to hand to Him everything that's weighty in your life, you start to say, wow, this is what it feels like to do life with God. I can be at peace in the middle of difficult things because I've learned how to put all my weight on Him instead of trying to carry everything for myself. Does that make sense? Come on. We got to get this. We got to understand this stuff. If we don't understand this, this is what happens. People, they begin to burn out because they haven't learned to lean on Him. When you start to lean on Him, you start to grow. You start to develop spiritually. See, if you try to control everything, you can do that in life, but it'll wear you out. But if you really want to grow in life, you have to hand things over to God. And the two are opposed. So listen in. You can have control or you can have growth, but you cannot have both. And while you're holding on to everything, you're not growing spiritually because you haven't learned how to do that yet. Can I tell you, and this is really important, that the thing you don't trust God with is the next thing he wants you to hand over to him. So many people wondering, what's my next step? What am I going to do in life? What does God have for me next? Well, maybe to get you to where he wants you to go, you need to learn how to hand over some of the things you're holding on to. Could it be 
that in order for you to grow, you need to actually let go? Could it be? Then instead of holding it, the, the way for you to grow, the next spiritual step in your life is to just release all of your worry and concern and to start to rest in Him. Do you know how counterintuitive this is? People will see you at rest in the middle of the circumstances from which everyone else would be worried about and they'll think that you're ignorant. You must not have a clue because if anyone was going through what you were going through, they'd be freaking out of their mind right now. And yet you seem to be full of peace. How is that possible? Easy. I have learned to release all the things that I'm worried about and concerned about and all the things that I'm trying to control. I've learned how to release that to Him. And so the peace that I have, it doesn't come from me managing everything. It comes from handing everything I need to manage to Him. This, I'm telling you right now, this is the kind of thing that will change your life. The Bible says, don't be wise in your own eyes. When you're wise in your own eyes, that's you trying to do everything the way that you think works best. But the Bible says, don't do that. It says you need to hand it to Him. Now, in order to do that, you're going to have to do something that the Bible says, which is renew your mind. You know, the Bible says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. You know, when people look at you peaceful in the middle of your circumstances, they think that you've actually experienced the removal of your mind. <laughs> this is how he's got peace. He's experienced the removal of his mind. He's out of his mind, but that's not what that is. In fact, the word renewal, it actually means to renovate. renovate. It means to build out of the original stuff. So if you go back into the, your mind, and remember, it's all connected. And everything that you believe to be true about God is somehow connected to your past experiences and everything that you've held to be true. So what you do is you take all of the stuff that has formed your perspective of God and it goes through a process of renewal where it's reconstructed in such a way that it fits and aligns now with what the Word of God actually says rather than what you may have experienced. And instead of having fear in your life, you start to experience peace because you realize maybe for the first time you're starting to see things as they really are. You're starting to see things clearly. It may help if I explain this to you a little bit better. So I, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm, I'm going to need a little bit of help this morning. I need three volunteers. Ben, I'll take you. Vin, I'll take you. And Shawnee, come on. Give these guys, give these guys a hand. <clears throat> If you have any hope to do the things that I'm talking about today, you're going to need to do something that we call honouring God. And the word that we have, the word that best describes honour is the word wait. And you have to place a certain weight on what God says in order for you to trust it. Amen? You need to place a certain weight. So when we honour people, we place great weight in what they say because of who they are and the words that they said. Now, if God's Word has enough weight in your life, you will be willing to step out on it, but only if it carries enough weight. So here's what I want you to do. You guys are going to represent the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And I don't know which one of you is which, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to all, and you can bunch up here, but I want you to all stand on this plank that is sticking off the edge of our platform. So, Shawnee, come here. 
Ben, come on. Well done, guys. Literally, that's all you need to do today. Okay, here's the thing. Oh, come on, give him, encourage him. Congratulations, you're standing. So, so here's the thing. There's a story about this guy named Peter in the Bible. It's actually kind of a funny story because Peter is a fisherman and he's in a boat. And he understands what water is like and he finds himself caught in a storm and they're freaking out because they're worried that the storm is going to send the boat under the water. They're worried it's going to capsize. And so in the middle of the storm, Peter sees what he thinks initially is a ghost that's walking across the water. And then the voice comes and says, step out of the boat, right? Now, here's the crazy part. Peter says he realizes that it was Jesus because the voice told him to step out of the boat. I, honestly, I, if I was the devil, that's what I would do. Say, step out of the boat. One, two. Yeah, you next. Great. Three, four. So I don't understand why Peter did it. Let's not even try to think about that. But Peter says, I heard him say, step out of the boat. Therefore, it must be Jesus. Worked out in the end for him. So anyway, here he is. And, and he says, step out of the boat. Now, Peter has some experience on the ocean, right? He knows what is likely to happen if he steps off the boat and onto the water in the middle of the storm. He understands this. So what he's going to need to do now is go through a transformative process. There's a renewing of the mind. And now he takes what he has previously held to be true about water and reconstructs it to fit in line with what God is asking him to do. But he will never do it unless he honors God, which is to place weight on the words of Jesus. Are you with me so far? Do you get what I'm saying? So he says, because it's you, Jesus, I wouldn't ordinarily do this, but I'm going to trust that when I step out in faith, the properties of water will no longer work the way they have always worked at different places in my life. And he takes the first step. Sometimes God will ask you to take the first step, but it's only to lead you to the next step because this is where he might want you to be. And he's just developing what we call trust. And he's doing it one step at a time. Now, you will never step out in faith unless you believe there's enough weight in the Word of God and in who He is to step out. So there's a, there's a lot of trust that's going on right about now. So I place great faith in the weight of God in order to take another step and another step before you find yourself on the edge of a place that you never thought you'd be. And the only reason that you're here is because you trust in God's Word. There's enough weight in what He says to get you all the way to the end. That's what God does. And He does it one step at a time. But listen to me, you will never take the first step until you believe there's enough weight in what He says to do it. You with me? You understand? Come on, let's give these guys a round of applause. You guys can grab a seat. That's what it means to honour. It means to put enough weight in God's Word that you're willing to step out on what He says. Sometimes the only way to know if you can take another step is simply to take another step. Because for every faith possibility, there's a fear waiting. What if this is the step that it all goes wrong? 
What if this is the step that I fall off? What if this is the step that God doesn't catch me? What if this is the step where water behaves the way I've always seen it behave before? But that's not the life that God's called us to live. That's not how God wants us to be. See, the only way that you can grow close to God is to trust Him. But you can't build a relationship with someone that you keep at arm's length. This length, this length is the distance between your past experience and your present tension. That's the gap. That's the distance. God, I remember what happened back then when I stepped out. But here's the thing. God doesn't want you to stay where you are. He doesn't want you to be who you've always been. There are so many people that have faith potential and faith possibilities, but you're never going to experience it until you make a decision to step out in faith, place weight in His Word. Close your eyes for a minute. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.